0: Newsweek presents The Debate with Andrew Tolman.
1: Everything 100% of the time, 24 hours a day is a negotiation.
0: Raheem Brooks. This is a common good that we are talking
2: about.
1: Amani
3: wells on Yoha. I'm completely fed up with whether it's politicized or not. And Jeff Charles.
2: That distracts us from actually rolling up our sleeves. The Debate starts now.
3: Okay, so we're going back to uh, Texas here as Greg Abbott. Two is attacking diversity. I'm seeing that this is a trend that's going on both in the Supreme Court in Florida and in a lot of Southern, not even just Southern states, but a lot of um, right-leaning states. Diversity, equity, and inclusion offices are now the new target. Um, so Greg Abbott said that moving forward, using diversity, equity, and inclusion in your hiring practices and other public institutions like the public schools and all of those things, it will be officially illegal. Not just frowned upon, he said illegal as in against the law. And my main question that I'm feeling with seeing all of these discussions is, one, how far back in time are we going to go? And two, what is the overall goal in attacking these things? Because I really don't understand it. It seems like the perfect guys to just be racist, like straight up, like instead of calling people the words that they want to use, we're just going to start saying woke and DEI. And it's just a new way to kind of do the dog whistling to me. And the dog whistle is becoming a little too loud, and I'm starting to hear it loud and clear, and I don't like it. Um, so I really want to understand what the goal is in attacking these things that have been put in place, again, to correct the course of action that our history has shown us. Why are we attacking these institutions now? And what is the world that they want us to be in? What does that world look like without these things? Uh, Jeff?
2: You're always going after our governor, Amani. <laughs> you know, you know what? At hey, least my governor, have it- too. At least Abbott isn't as bad as Ron DeSantis, who oh, wanted to do the same thing for private businesses. The Stop yeah. Woke Act didn't just apply to public institutions; he wanted to ban DEI in private companies. I'm sorry, Andrew, but you but he did. Now, but here's here's my thing with the whole DEI thing. For regular folks who might have an issue with DEI. They're having an issue with it going wrong or being used in a way that is that seems to be weaponized, Um, you know, where white people are labeled as the oppressors, where black people are labeled as the oppressed. That does happen. However, my issue with a lot of this legislation or shutting down these offices is that not everybody is promoting diversity in a way that is unhealthy or that is toxic i mean i 've spoken to some of these people i 've seen what the, some of the material is some of it I agree with some some i, I don 't i think uh, I think there are a lot of people who have different types of diversity programs that, that are worth looking at. but the issue is that if you 're at a public institution or even a private business. And you are using diversity training to treat people differently based on their race. Guess what? That's already illegal. That already goes against the Constitution. You are already going to face a lawsuit whether you're white or not. And there have been white people who have filed successful lawsuits because they were treated differently, treated worse because they were white. So to me, a lot of this, Amani, and you guys already know this, a lot of this is posturing. It's, it's virtue signaling. They're taking an idea that may have some merit. Yes, you don't want diversity training to, uh, to make the situation worse, but they're basically throwing the baby out with the bathwater because it plays well to the base. And that's really all it is.
3: A hundred percent. Even Trump um, just recently, Trump, been, he's been too honest a bit lately. If y'all been paying attention to the stuff that he's saying? He's just saying anything. And he was at a rally, I think it was last week, and he said, I wanted to come in here and talk to y'all about my tax cuts, but all I got to do is say trends and y'all go crazy. Who would have thought? He's even picking up that all of this stuff, like you're saying, is just posturing, it's just for show, it's just to send a message. But my fear is, at what cost? How much are we going to let people's political uh, brownie points go and also affects society in a negative way. Like they think that they're just saying things just to say it, just to get votes. Um, but these votes and these legislations have real consequences to real people. Um, Andrew, what do you think about that?
1: So, a lot of the concepts that we're dealing with here today, uh, especially under the DEI umbrella, I just think we're kind of sloppy in the way we think about them. And that bothers me, okay? Because, uh, for example, anybody of any different race is all equally human, equally capable of whatever they're capable of, right? And so distinguishing people based on their skin color is profoundly stupid. Um, Agreed, of course. Um, But distinguishing people on the basis of their gender is an entirely different matter. Uh, Men and women are not the same. Men and women are not interchangeable. And, you know, where the differences are, which differences are appropriate, for example, in a university setting. I mean, I'm open to a discussion about that. But the idea that they're you know, interchangeable, the same. That's that's part of the problem with where we're at on the other stuff, which is the gender identity, sexual orientation and all of that. Um, And we tend to put all of that into this, you know, diversity category. Well, diversity of skin color may or may not produce, for example, ideological differences. You know, Clarence Thomas and I are probably pretty alike. Bill Clinton and I are very unalike. Well, which of us represents diversity? That's kind of my problem with the race category um and i do worry and i mean i see it that dei might start where you have it strongest in the race area and then it starts to incorporate gender and then that slides over to incorporating things that are behavioral when you come to you know sexual orientation or gender identity or psychological whatever you want to call it and i hate how all this stuff gets thrown in together like your pro diversity or your anti diversity i am in some cases and i'm not in other cases and My concern is, I think sort of like what Jeff was saying, is when we start to require people to believe the ideology of seeing race a certain way or of seeing a gender a certain way or of seeing sexual orientation or identity a certain way, that's where I really get frustrated because those things should be live questions. We should be able to discuss them. But the DEI stuff seems to require you to take a position that is not the one I take.
2: It most certainly does, Andrew. And that, that's one of the issues that, that, that I have with it. They want diversity. They want us to look different, maybe have different behaviors. But they want. But a lot of DEI wants people to think the exact same way. And that's my issue with it. And I know that they're not all doing it again. But I mean, that is an issue that I have with it. Should the government be trying to, to stop that? I'm not sure if there are instances where people are being discriminated against because of the mutable characteristics. Again, that's already against the law.
1: Or being told that they are a certain thing because of their immutable characteristics. Right. You are this way or you're responsible for this because you're white or because you're black or because you're a woman or whatever. All of those things just grate at me in my basic idea that I want to judge people on their individual beliefs, dispositions, their own history, their expressions, their actions, you know, that kind of stuff.
0: Andrew, I sort of have two questions and one of them is meant to be tongue in cheek. The other one is, is like serious, right? So the first question is, You ever met a black person that was exactly like you? Like you like I've never met a white person who I would say was like really the mirror image of Rakeem Brooks because of our race and how we grew up in the society that we live in. It's not that we didn't have similar interests. It's not that there weren't common points of connection. We both like wrestling growing up like, you know, whatever. But I've never met someone who shared my sense of identity in the way that I have when I've interacted with another Black man, not every Black man, but if I had to choose among all the people I've ever met in my life, and you say, like, describe the person who was most like you, who most understood who you were at your essence, it was someone who was a Black man because we're racialized subjects. That's just the nature of things. So that's the tongue-in-cheek one, which is just like, is there a brother out there I need to meet that's basically Andrew, right? And like, he and I should be rapping too. (laughs)
1: <laughs> so I, my answer to that is I don't I can't think of a particular, but I think most likely if I were, you know, the answer would be probably raised by white parents, you know, was adopted and therefore has a lot of background that was shaped by them uh, or was raised not in this country, you know, and so might not be American, but was raised in a culture where there have more overlap with me. Than let's say most black Americans would have with me because of the way black culture in this country is constituted, which is you know, not endemic to the fact that they happen to be black, but due to the fact of the of the way Americans are and the way we're segregated right now. Yeah,
0: well, I, I just raised that because when you said, you know, we're sort of sloppy with the categories, I actually think there is a relative simplicity to it that we overcomplicate, which is we are not the integrated society that we wish we were. And by virtue of that, you have large cleavages of people who don't understand each other at all that are quite different from one another, partially due to race, partially due to economic status, due to gender and other pieces. Right. And these are shortcuts when we talk about DEI, but they're not actually bad shortcuts, given what our society is. Now, you raise the second point. This is the more serious one, which is. And I struggle with this sometimes. Like, I hate the story with the, with the you know, seven year old white little girl who comes home and says, like, you know, daddy, are we awful? And the father's like, oh, what are they teaching my children? Right. I hate that. But I only hate it because it's sad that we have to tell the child what white people did in this country. So, for instance, if you are in Germany and you are German and not Jewish, Do you think you should be walking around with a little bit of shame about what the German people did to the Jews? Like, not you individually, not you individually, but like my parents, my grandparents participated in some stuff. And it led to this kind of situation that is not great. (laughs) That was, in fact, quite horrible. When you sit around and I know there are various immigration stories among whites to this country, I'm all for it. But when you sit around and you say the founding of America, a great idea but first we had to exterminate everyone who was here with smallpox so that that idea could live. And then for the idea to live, we had to import all these people from another country and keep them in bondage for hundreds of years. And then to keep the idea alive, remember, that's always the goal, keep the idea alive. Then to keep the idea alive, what we did was we excluded various people and told them they couldn't come to the country because that would have created labor competition. (laughs) And then in addition to that, once we freed those people, We kind of like left them on their own for a little while. And when we got upset about it and decided we didn't really want to do that, we left them to the devices of the South for a very long time. And I'm sure Amani, Jeff and I all have grandparents who still have intimate lived experience with what this country did to them, again, on the basis of their skin color. Now, was that every single white person? Of course not, because if it had been, we probably would still be in bondage. There were white people who showed the other side of what we could be to hold up that ideal. And I think if there's anything in the DEI education that's missing, it is saying to folks, this is one of my professors who's actually a conservative, but he would say sometimes, remember that the Civil War was a war among brothers. White people fought each other over this question of slavery. Had the black people been armed, we know exactly what side they were, but white people who were not necessarily predisposed to think one thing or the other fought themselves over this question. And so I don't want the little girl to come home only believing that white people have only done bad things, because obviously some white people did really extraordinary things to ensure that we were a better country than than we are today. But the fact that she comes away with that understanding of it suggests maybe back to Jeff's point that the DEI education is doing something too quick and too fast. It's both exposing all all that has been horrible and shameful, and not simultaneously elevating the best of what people had been, regardless of race and how that all came
3: together. That was like an almost perfect point that you made because that's exactly right. I think the main thing, um, and there's this quote that we hear all the time, you have to know your history or you will be doomed to repeat it. And that's the main basis here. That's what the whole point of even educating people on these things are, is because we have seen the stuff happen. People have made these decisions in the past, but just like you're saying, there have been other people who decided to fight for the right side. Like I think about a story with my grandmother. She, I don't know if I told y'all this before, but I can trace my entire lineage back to Dallas, Texas. We have been in Dallas, Texas since like the 1800s, my family, and everybody has been living here. Um, And my grandmother, who was born in 1940, uh, became a nurse back in like the 50s, and she was working for a, a white woman. That's what they was doing back then. In the 1955, she was like a um, an in-home care nurse for a white woman, and she got really close with these people. Family. They ended up putting her all the way through nursing school. They ended up breaking the rules because this was back at Jim Crow. So she would be eating at the table, which is so crazy. But people need to know this is what like this is how life used to be. Black people used to have to eat in the basement. They weren't allowed to eat on the same floor of the white people. You know, if they were in their house. But this family, who my grandma was working for used to let her eat, let her eat at the table. Just listen to that. Let her eat at the table. If anybody white came in the house and tried to say anything to my grandmother, they would stand up for her. Like we need to show people that Fighting for the right things is a good thing. Like, don't walk away with the shame and you don't have to feel shame. You don't have to do those actions. But when you fight against it and you decide to align yourself with the negative and then want some pity because you are aligning yourselves with the negative sides of history, that's your fault for choosing to align that way. There were people who were on the right side. There were people who advocated for the rights and the love and the respect of other people. And you can be that and be white. So if you choose not to do that, then that's an internal conversation that that you need to have with yourself and your peers.
2: And and to that point, Amani, I would say that the average person, conservative, progressive, and otherwise, regular folks like you and I, understand everything that you just said. Understand everything that that Raheem just said too. Because yeah, I don't want white kids going home like, am I horrible? No, teach them that white people did good things and bad things. I don't want black kids going home saying, you know, teacher told me that I'm never going to be able to succeed because I'm going to be oppressed. And there are stories of that happening. I want them to also teach about Black people being empowered. I think if you ask 90% of the public, they they would all say that because I've had conversations with conservatives, regular folks, and they're like, yeah, just teach the good, bad, and the ugly. You know, when it comes to diversity, it can be weaponized or it can be used for good. Most conservatives agree with the more positive aspects of it. But the problem is that when you look at at the airwaves and the interwebs, the loudest people are the ones pushing the division. They're the ones saying that, oh, they don't want this or the, the other side doesn't want this or whatever. But I think when you have regular people who talk about these things, we have more in common on these issues than we think.
1: And and by the way, Rakeem, sort of to answer your questions, uh, I know that I'm weird in a, in a bunch of ways. You know, um, I don't particularly identify with uh, the history of my family or the history of people like me. I went to school with a very diverse group of people outside of Chicago from all different races. You know, I grew up with that. I was raised liberal, became conservative, you know, was an atheist for a while. Now I'm a Christian. I mean, I kind of experienced a lot of these different things. But your your question about like, if you were a German, would you feel guilty, you know, for what happened in the past? And my answer is when I think about the awful things that were done by people who look like me and some of whom had my beliefs in the past. I'm horrified. You know, I see that as an injustice and I would hope I wouldn't have been on their side of history. You know, I would hope that I wasn't on the, you know, the Southern Baptists' side of history. I would hope that I wasn't on the conquistadors or the, you know, the people who were killing native Americans. And and I see those things as tremendous injustices, but I don't, I don't personally feel guilty about that stuff. I'm horrified that it, that it happened. And I want people to be taught that it happened because I don't ever want that stuff to happen again. And I'll, I'll tell you, the most sobering question I'm, I'm always asking myself is on any of my views is I just want to make sure, you know, please, dear God, don't let me be on the wrong side of this because those people, I mean, you know, though there were people who opposed the Nazis, that you know, good Germans who who hid Jews, okay, uh, there were a lot of other Germans who collaborated and did exactly what the Nazis told them to do or were part of the party, and they probably thought they were doing good, which is Terrifying to imagine that. And so I, I think we all have to ask ourselves, you know, wh- what am I doing to make sure that I'm not falling into that pattern where somebody's going to look at me in 50 years and appropriately say, what you did? Oh my God. You know, I, I don't ever want to be in that category. So that's a very concerning question I always ask myself.
3: And that's why we need to kind of think about back to the the DEI main point. That's why I don't think erasing DEI is the answer. We're having a very productive conversation because we're talking about ways that we can apply these principles and let people be educated on these things, because we all understand that it's important for everybody to be educated on this. When we start talking about erasure and removing the curriculum totally, I don't think that's the right approach. We can have a conversation about how DEI is being taught. Um, Soul Strategies is DEI certified. I've had to, sit through the training you know and the training that I went through was cool it was just saying hey do you know that this exists hey this might be a bias like it's very basic level so we can talk about what that curriculum is but I don't think just saying down with DEI is the right way to go
2: if you would like to be a part of the debate email us the debate at newsweek.com